Hello and welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. And it's Series 3, Episode 5. Bloody hell. What was it? Seven months ago we did this last time? Something like that, yeah. I can't believe we're back. I didn't think we would be. Time has flown, but it also feels like years since we've done this. Yeah. I've had to write out a whole script because I don't know what to say or what to do. I've left them like stand at home, so I'm using a utensils box to prop a mic up. It's an absolute shambles here. But as always, we are upstairs at Salt Restaurant in Stratford upon Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. And it's 10 o'clock at night. Service is wrapping up downstairs. Let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander. I'm a podcaster, producer, and daytime cooking show contestant to my left playing host Michelin star head chef and owner of Salt Mr Paul Foster how you doing you alright yeah good thanks mate and our guest today was Britain's youngest Michelin star chef in 2013 won Great British Menu twice in 16 and 17 it's Mr Tommy Banks how you doing buddy I'm great thank you thanks for having me first time here to eat was it no second second awesome has it got better or it, it has. plateaued no <laughs> um, well I come down to Stratford quite a bit to film Great British Menu because that's yeah. that's where New it's New location, filmed. yeah. Um, and so obviously meet meet Paul. So yeah, second time eating and yeah, it's it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's in the room, so we kind of got to say it's <laughs> but, um, yeah. no. I mean, it's just my sort of food. Yeah, produce driven, really delicious, good cooking, delicious. Has the carrot dish made it through Corona? Pumped it has, yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't have it tonight because Tommy had it before, didn't you? Yeah, it was a carrot free menu this evening. Oh, yeah. what a shame. Probably the first person to ever eat a salt and not have a carrot. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was very protein led. It was great. Oh, yeah, nice. Right on my street. Yeah. Does it feel weird for you being back here doing oh, the food does, side yeah. of things? And yeah, it does because we obviously it was nearly six months we were closed, but. Um, the, the first couple of days it actually felt like we'd only had a few days off yeah but when I thought back to March it felt like forever ago yeah it's so yeah. weird isn't it yeah well you and Hayley actually on our last we night were, didn't that's we? so weird yeah we came for Hayley's birthday and it was the last night that before Friday night yeah it was really sad because you're because um, Jack mm. you put our mains down and went these are the last mains which <laughs> <laughs> will serve at salt maybe ever yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're like okay uh, I'm not going to send it back enjoy them <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully they'll be good our last night's in one of the restaurants routes um, yeah. so we'd uh, we'd tell we were going to close the next day uh-huh. rang, rang around all the guests because that's because of what everyone was doing we closed just before we had to close uh-huh. and um, we rang around and we just had two people booked at routes and I, I was working at Black Swan the restaurant and uh, I got a phone call from him like Tommy are we going to open for two covers I was like yeah we're going to open for two covers wow. we're not going to be open for a long, long time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it could oh, be the last time. Right. Yeah, we're going to open for two covers. With your full kitchen of yeah, stuff. Yeah, full thing. Wow. Let's do it for two covers. Anyway, these two covers arrive, right? <laughs> two spotty teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the no. two culinary students, the, the local college or something. Oh, bless them. So then I get this phone call for you. Yeah, they're just a couple of kids. I was like, well, that's great. That's what we're all about, right? This is the next generation of cooking. Anyway, we take £25 a head deposit at Root. <laughs> they shared three small plates between them. Oh, no. Had one glass of wine. Oh, and we <laughs> refunded them £3.50. <laughs> so our last night... Didn't even reach 50 quid. Possibly ever. We made minus £3.50. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, we're going to have to reopen this restaurant because we can't go out with that. Brilliant. Oh, man. What, what about the other place? What, Black Swan, was it? Yeah, no, we, we were full on that last night, which was kind of nice. Yeah. But it was quite emotional, really. Yeah. And I think the guests know as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of... Um, was it a weird atmosphere in, in there? Can you sort of... Was it... This, I think people have a lot of empathy for your situation, but it's yeah, kind of like, they're kind of like, are you going to close tomorrow? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> 
Kind of like taking your dog to get put down. <laughs> you all kind of know, don't you? Yeah. It's just not very nice. It's yeah. the most bizarre, I think, because we had nothing to compare it to. Like, mm. nothing like this has ever happened before. Yeah. There was some safety in numbers. Like, like, everyone, I suppose, were you all messaging, maybe not literally each other, but you were all messaging your mates in the industry, being like, so are you What's closing tomorrow? On? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Have you got rid of your staff? And people were, and yeah. yeah. I was glad I held on, to be honest. And we were Googling, what is furlough? What does that yeah. mean? Like, it sounded so American. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I was honestly, I go, I love falafel. Two portions. It's so bizarre, isn't it? But here we all are. This is a this is a good thing. I'm so glad to be back. Um, Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about takeout boxes and adjusting to life under COVID in restaurants. Uh, What it's like to run a restaurant as a family business. Also, taking some of your questions you've sent us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages, and then we'll do all the usual stuff: boiling point, uh, some TripAdvisor reviews, cooking acts, and myths. Before we get into it, though. This is a nightcap. We are once again for Series 3 opening a beautiful bottle every episode of Gusborne's Finest. We're obviously so pleased that so many of the UK's greatest restaurants are gradually starting to reopen, but whilst you may have some time on your hands, visit gusborns.com. What have we got today, Paul? What are we doing? Well, it's a bit of a celebration. We've come back with a podcast. Restaurants reopen. So we're going with some fizz. Yeah. Bottle each, is it, to celebrate? We can do. We've got more downstairs. (laughs) Got any straws? We always keep plenty in stock. (laughs) See if I've got this. Ooh, oh, you've nailed it. Oh, nailed it. Yeah, we learnt that. Yeah. I do it every time at home now <laughs> to impress everyone when they come round. Sorry, oh. I'm pouring myself first here. How rude. It's fine, mate. You said it's, been a long, it's been a long seven months. Yeah, you got used to pouring it for yourself first. That's what it is. No, I normally go straight out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got Thank the Blonde de Blanc, which is like one of their best lines that they do 100% Chardonnay. Really good fizz. We just had some of this downstairs. So I ate with Tommy tonight. Mm. So yeah, I was going to say that must be nice. Surprise to the restaurant, was it to the kitchen staff that you were eating? With yeah, Tom? it was. Oh, well, a surprise to me. He asked me to, and I was like, yeah, well, it's quiet. We, yeah, why not? Yeah, it was lovely to be honest. <coughs> does it feel like the um, atmosphere? I suppose for both of you, does it feel like the atmosphere is different in your restaurants now that tables are a bit further apart and that you've had to do things a bit differently, or no? Um, when, as a with an open kitchen chef I noticed it but tonight I didn't we were quite engaged in conversation so I just blocked everything else out so yeah. it felt it felt totally fine tonight as a guest yeah yeah, I think that's the key though isn't it that you walked in Salt tonight and it didn't look like social distancing was going on yeah but it was and I think that's the, that's the key that to it that is the perfect you don't want to yeah. walk in somewhere and go well where's the next table it's like three yards away like, it's weird <laughs> like it kind of it still felt because Salt's a cosy place yeah. it still felt cosy that's good so I think like no, that's nice to hear that and, yeah because that's what we're about and, and that's what I found with guests like if guests this is not what you want to hear before but people come to you and go do you know what tonight was really normal Mm-hmm. That's now yeah. a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. How like, is that? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, whereas before, you're like, well, I'm not trying to create a normal experience. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you like, trying to say? Yeah, you're like, normal. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all yeah. after a bit of normal, aren't we? <laughs> so true. Did you, did you have to do it differently at Roots and like, like taking tables out and moving stuff away and learning all that? Yeah. That's stressful? Um, uh, this whole thing's been fairly stressful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Roots is massively... Do- it's basically a new restaurant. Um, we were over 100 covers on a Saturday night at Roots yeah, and wow, now we're basically fun. doing 52 Shit, so yeah so don't so, mind me asking is that, does that affect how many people are in the kitchen because it's half a size or no so what we've done is we've changed the menu so it was a sharing place which I was a bit like is that going to work in Covid and like it's alright but like you say me and you go out for lunch yeah. are we going to share off the same yeah, plate like, yeah. like, and it's going to work so we've gone to like a sort of short taste of menu just using stuff from the farm and um so we might have put the price up a little bit um, 
and yeah no it has we've got reduced number of staff in there mm-hmm. but what I've done is start this um third business which is made in Ulster, which is the food boxes so we've had to move a lot of guys out of the restaurants into a new a new role really yeah that, that was one of the first things i wanted to talk to you about because i saw so many chefs of all different calibers doing similar things mm. but um yeah yours got a lot of attention and publicity and it seemed that you jumped on that bandwagon quite early days. Did you make how, how quickly did you make your mind up that right? We're doing boxes. We're sending them to people's houses because yeah. a year ago you'd have never fucking imagined you'd be doing that. So no. like, how did you, yeah. how did you get there? How did you do it? It didn't exist as a concept, did it? No. It didn't. Like, you know, it never happened. Like all the best inventions and business ideas come out of solving a problem, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know we had a big problem. Like, massive problem, didn't we? So the first week, I mean, we realised we were really in the shit because it's, like, March, which is a time when everything's getting sewn on the farm and, like, we had no staff. Of course. So the first week, like, it was just, like, me, my mum, my dad, my brother, Charlotte was there, my sister-in-law was there as well, and we were, like, planting everything. We're like, well... I was like, well, this is whack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so... This is rubbish. We've got to do something. But I think the, the real catalyst for it first came that if you remember when they first introduced the furlough, there was, if you were... You changed jobs between a certain sort of period. You didn't get it. Mm. So I had like some new starters at the Black Swan. The Black Swan's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like chefs. Like one lad had moved over from Ireland. Um, lovely kid. He'd worked like three or four days, and we got locked down. Mm. He couldn't go back home. He was stuck there. I couldn't. Oh, I, I didn't have no money to pay him with, and he couldn't get on the furlough. And you feel this massive responsibility to someone like mm. that. So that was my initial thinking. There was just three of us doing it at the Black Swan. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed. There was a massive demand for it. Um, and so we just pivoted and I got people out of furlough and now we've got, I think, about 26 members of staff involved in it. Nice. Um, it's massive. So we've, we've, we've taken on a few members of staff, but more so we've had to move people from both restaurants into it um, just to keep you know, keep it going what well, sparked the light the sort of the flame for it what was like the did you sit down and chat with your family or something and say what about boxes to people's mm. like how did that happen or did you not well, really did just the sort of first week and so obviously we were cancelling bookings that first weekend and we already had stuff in for the Sunday lunch at Roots so I was like tell you what we'll do we'll do take out Sunday lunches to honour some of these bookings because at this point you've got to remember people weren't actually on board with the fact we're having a pandemic yeah, so people, right, you were ringing up people yeah. saying you're cancelling and they were like this is outrageous you're like well, we've got to close like what can we do <laughs> I'm sorry so I was like oh we'll do it and I remember like I was, I was like um we would do this takeout Sunday lunch just as a one-off and people could come and collect it and we got talk as a booking system which is quite advanced so mm-hmm. we could like stagger it and everything so it was like somebody coming to pick up every t- 10 minutes yeah and anyway, so we launched it. I thought, oh, yeah, well, we're going to get the covers who we had in, plus a few, maybe, might be 100, doesn't they? And within about 20 minutes, I think we had 350 Sunday lunches sold. And the guy who runs our. Oh um, my God. Yeah. That's the, amazing. I know. Fun. The guy who runs <laughs> our reservations around me, he's like, Tommy, how many Sunday lunches are you planning on doing? I was like, I don't know, a couple of hundred. He's like, well, you sold 350 already. Shit. I was like, oh, shit. Is <laughs> how many do you want to do? I was like, should we call it 400? <laughs> 400 all day? <laughs> Round up. Yeah. So we called it, and then so I like, just sent like a text tentative message in the whatsapp group to guys like, so, so we kind of got 400 Sunday lunches today. <laughs> so and everybody's pulled from both restaurants onto this thing so that kind of like realise you, you can do it yeah. Um, yeah. and then yeah after one week I was like I can't do this and, and the thing was there was no guarantees of anything and I was really worried and I'm sure Paul the same like the 
the thing that's been keeping me up at night is like the the, the staff, the people. Mm-hmm. Like how you start you're looking, responsible for them. Yeah. yeah, you start looking at the and you have these thoughts, and you're like writing lists and things about different people, and you're like, you know, in this scenario, we room with this many staff, and you think, well, wait a minute, I know this guy. He's yeah, my friend. Human does, yeah, not just seventeen people. That's oh, Dave, I, and that's yeah. Carry I know his wife, and he's got two kids, and like, yeah, no, no, I'm not keen for this. So there was a case of diversifying like I it was a risk to set up Maiden Old said 100% but I at the time thought it was more of a risk to do nothing than to do something I mean you'd rather go down fighting Um, I think what's what's very unique for you is that you've got a supply chain within the business so for us obviously we, we we did some takeaway at the start but that was literally to use up our stock we turned things into more homely dishes but you've got all that produce that's coming through you're not going to sell it anywhere we no. we have to buy from a veg supplier to sell it on yeah. which was impossible yeah. at that stage as well exactly but you've got all this produce growing you've got mm. to move it so mm. totally made sense for you doing what you did with the Made in Altered the big difference I mean like with a restaurant hard as it is <coughs> you can turn the lights off turn off the water you know ring mm. the insurance close the place down you can't turn off a farm exactly it doesn't yeah. doesn't switch off at the wall yeah, yeah, like and a pressure. lot of the stuff was started um, so that was a big thing and then I just kind of got into it's a new challenge like from it's way way harder to develop dishes to send off in a box somewhere than it is to send in the restaurant because in the restaurant you've got ultimate control I mean in our restaurant we pick up the chefs carry the food so you you plate the dishes up you walk out put it down like I know it's fine (laughs) but like when you've got to design something which has to have like shelf life and it has to be able to travel and then you have to create instructions that people aren't going to knacker it when they get it everyone's got a different oven and and it can't be overly complicated when it reaches that exactly, but it's got to be bang full of flavour because it's still our brand and everything so it's been massive to be honest yeah that is um, how do you so how do you start like designing a menu for that and because I'm guessing you have to make everything to a degree so that it, they basically heat it up when they get it. that's the basic principle yeah. right like, well there's been I mean there's been some great things that people have done and you know and some people have done like their whole menu at home and stuff like that but I always saw this once I saw the opportunity I thought this is a long term business out of COVID mm-hmm. um, so I didn't want to replicate restaurant dishes because I didn't think that would be sustainable once the restaurants opened so I wanted to create like sort of I would almost say like an entry level to our sort of style of cooking so right. it's like using all our ingredients everything that we forage and preserve and all the stuff we've grown and the same suppliers but minimal amount of cooking just make it easy yeah I like that that's really cool philosophy yeah and it's a new revenue stream like you said this can Mm. carry on and become something else for the business in the future well we know we need it we need it to keep employing all the people we were employing before COVID Mm. where did you get all your stuff from like uh, the boxes the vac pack stuff you get like was that how do you like I'm just it's so many things and yeah it's just a lot to learn yeah Yeah, exactly learning how to e-commerce how to do logistics I mean start off with we delivered everything ourselves so that was interesting Um, so all really local at the time yeah well a fairly big area but yeah. like fairly local and then we went to couriers and when we went to couriers that changed everything oh, yeah. it did, yeah. <sighs> couriers are like they're not I mean <laughs> you've shout out to the couriers <laughs> I mean <laughs> thanks for pushing on guys during Covid but so I mean imagine if you went to a restaurant and you you ordered a dish right and then you yeah. sat there for two days and it didn't arrive <laughs> I'd be a bit pissed off yeah, yeah you would be wouldn't you a little bit um, and then they were, you'd be like well mate mate you hadn't delivered my main course and it's been two days now and you but oh yeah well shit happens yeah. that's basically the response or they put it behind the wheelie bin like. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it rains this yeah. is it oh. but we so we started off with we realised quite quickly that um, just delivering 
living around North Yorkshire wasn't going to work long term. So we needed to get national delivery. Um, so we started running trials on couriers and the first, the things, the way we were packaging boxes to deliver ourselves, obviously took loads of care over them was just not appropriate for couriers like the first yeah, yeah. few weeks so that we put fragile sign means nothing to a courier <laughs> this way up means nothing to them like, <laughs> like the first um, so we, we took like a tweet out and it was like you know if you like to be involved in our like career trials like uh, ping us an email or something and we had like plenty of responses uh-huh. and I think we did it really cheap um, but of course it was someone's anniversary or birthday why they were getting this box and like it was disgraceful like there was carnage were you getting like smashed to bits like we did this like really fragrant lemon verbena curry that was like delicious like all this lemon verbena from the farm that made the stock it was like beautiful not beautiful when it's all over your dessert and all oh, over your house shit. and on the floor oh, and like the pictures that were coming through were ridiculous because people are like I guess they tweet going oh my box from Tommy's just arrived and you're like oh no no well oh, they, they no. would just refer to them because it was like a trial thing they send it on email and stuff oh, like that fine. but the thing is so we'd, we'd, we'd done like this first trial and it kind of gone alright and then the second trial was a disaster all the packaging split but we'd already launched nationwide and right. with the first week I was like we're going to sell a lot of boxes the first week because the first week we go nationwide I don't want to sell out in like a minute mm-hmm. and it's Father's Day weekend so some brights back had the idea of doing 950 boxes oh, fuck. <laughs> serious yeah. you've got in mind like these boxes are for two people for two nights you look like 4,000 covers yeah, so man. like it was it was carnage and and then so we they're going live and they've sold out and then the feedback comes back that it smashed a bit so we had a week to turn that around and we're really lucky found a uh, local sort of packaging guy and he literally worked through the night we just built everything bespoke and I was like literally I need like bomb proof boxes to, to put this in and he turned it around for us and it was one of the most stressful weeks of my life oh, I bet. But, yeah. but we got it right and um, the way we package boxes now is so every week's a different menu we, we every build, week it's a different menu yeah wow that's a lot of, week. the development's unbelievable like we so work much, in yeah, non-stop I, I thought you'd yeah. sort of get set and go right for six months we're going to stick with this because that no. would make a lot of sense wow no, you need the repeat business off it don't yeah, you exactly. you want new yeah, yeah. Yeah. there are people yeah. who've ordered every single week since we started wow it's just rather amazing. than going to the shops that is incredible so we package the boxes up and then I was actually talking to Andy at Courtyard Dairy which is the most incredible like cheese supplier you might have come across and he was saying like what you need to do is package a box drop it on the floor boot it around the car park and then unpackage it yeah, and I was like that sounds nuts but that's what we do honestly that's so clever yeah we, yeah. we package up the box every week <laughs> I get it in one hand I launch it the wall and then we boot it from one side of the kitchen to the other and we unpackage it <laughs> if it survives we go on it yeah. if it doesn't that we look at the packaging brilliant. again that's but brilliant. that's a level makes so much sense to. yeah <laughs> makes so much sense it's just like the, when we get well. like when we're bringing people back from furlough there's like my best thing to do the first day back I'm like just package that box up for me and like, package it up and like right now kick it from one side to the other <laughs> drop kick it jump on it right. if it survives that we'll go on it and, oh, and that's no. what we've had to do so things like we just wouldn't even consider no. like the first weeks we were sending things out in like the takeaway cartons and stuff like that mm-hmm. I mean they just don't last no, they just got smashed sure. a bit so what is it what are they in is it like- um so we, we've got like uh, I guess it's, it's a biodegradable packaging that um, you'd see a lot of like ready meals in supermarkets coming I right, suppose okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that goes inside uh, like a bespoke made um, 
cardboard box, I suppose, sure. which is uh, which is but it's like double layered on all the corners, and then they're all stacked up, and it's lined with wool insulation. Oh, so it's like, it's all rigid um, and, yeah, but yeah. the key thing is to have no spare space in the box, so yeah, nothing can rattle. Yeah. So the packing is like so much of it. Yeah, never would have imagined. Uh, exactly, but I, I've loved it, and you know, like I've always found like the business side of it all as interesting as anything else yeah, yeah. so like it's just been a massive problem solving episode but it's been a good it's been good fun with it do you feel like you've missed out on any of this stuff not been able to do this no when you turn around that <laughs> absolutely not I considered it like I said we did take away at first and it was essentially just to use up the stock and then we I furloughed the whole team and including myself and so do we carry on doing takeaway? Is there enough market? There's loads of takeaways in Stratford anyway, because mm. we were only looking at doing mm. it locally in collection. And I just thought, well, I'm going to be doing it all, and I'm going to be taking the orders and yeah. the payments and the washing up and probably delivering. Yeah. I'll be working more than I used to here. Yeah. So I was like, no, let's just draw a line under it. And then we were gonna we were gonna look at doing boxes. And to be honest, I just, just didn't want to. I was like, well, let's just try and get the restaurant open. Mm. It's all or nothing, really. I suppose. I think so. Go the whole way. Yeah, you like, have like a go you have, you've got to do it to that scale. Put a team behind it. I I couldn't put a team behind it and do it properly. And it is. It's associated with your brand, regardless of what it is. Yeah, so that's so true. It still has to be good. Actually. It still mm. has to be good. Do it's it not mission star, but it's still expected certain quality and yeah, that comes with delivery and uh, the how the state it comes to you and the taste of it as well mm. yeah mm. did you get did it take you did it feel like it took you a while to get the taste right with it because you're not just serving it in a restaurant you're packaging it and sending it did it was it a different mindset to go yeah when that's heated up by someone I'm really proud of that was yeah that yeah I, it did and I, and I think I'm not saying we got it all right at the start either yeah you know and I think certainly People were very generous, I think, at the start. Right, you know, yeah. they wanted to support us and like, stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm honest, like the first few weeks, I'm sure we didn't get it always right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people wanted to support us because of what we were doing, sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like quite qualified on it now. Like, I yeah, kind of know what we're doing, but it's, it isn't easy. Like, I, get, I know exactly what you mean. It's not. The amount of work I see, I get chefs message me now on the Instagram, like, I'm thinking about setting up some boxes, mate. Is going to be a bit of ice? I'm like, well, I mean, like, I just, I just work. Just send a video of you kicking it around the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been like five months working six, yeah. seven days a week on it, and like a lot of us working very hard on it to make it work. So it's not like, yeah, I'm just going to make a box and send it out. Or yeah, yeah, I think on the surface it does yeah. look quite simple to people. Yeah. When I started looking into it and packaging, I was like, nah, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's such high, high risk though because yeah. we have to sign. Like, it's hard, but like at the moment, like, we have to sign on like packaging like ten thousand pound minimum orders, things like that, and you're like. Wow. Oh you're like god. oh my god and you're like is this business going to be able to keep going but you like it's a very risky sort of business to mm. be in it's like it's not easy do you feel mm. like it is like a long term you feel like I want to set this up and keep running for it as long as possible do you imagine it coming to an end when things go back to normal if that's a mm. thing or yeah, like, yeah. I suppose we don't know but um, have you thought about that uh, quite a bit I mean I, we definitely see like in the first few time, weeks when we went nationwide we had to d- uh, release the audits in the middle of the night mm. and not tell people what time we're going to do it and still we'd, we'd release like 2am I'd wake up at 7am and we'd have sold out yeah. and people were like refreshing their webpages through the night that's how desperate people were during lockdown for yeah. something yeah, to celebrate so fun. And, yeah. you know, and that demand has massively decreased with the opening of restaurants and things like that which which is great because we've got restaurants as well so yeah. um, 
but I think done right, it becomes a long-term thing. I look at a lot of people who come to the restaurant and you have a lot of people, probably like our age and stuff, we've got young kids or whatever. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people who come to the restaurant say, oh, this is the first time we've been out for like six months. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got yeah. young kids, things like that. But you can, you can order beef wellington from us and like have it at home and it's like really good like it's yeah. like you know I think like I read a really cool tweet the other day that's like in in is the new out out sort yeah, of thing yeah. like, <laughs> in, uh, in doing yeah. special things oh, I'm, I'm going yeah. proper in in tonight <laughs> <laughs> I've got beef wellington I'm I've got a bottle of red <laughs> I'm going to stumble from the dining room all the way to the lounge and then up to bed by <laughs> the microwave oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think done right I do I do think it's something that'll be there to stay and then the one the other big markets have people who order every single week yeah and I think these are people who obviously got disposable cash, but they're thinking, I can get all this food made for me rather than going to waiters or whatever and buying it because it works out the same price. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you have to buy more ingredients to make it on your own. Of course yeah. you do. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. That's where it's not cost effective. I was thinking then, would it ever get to a stage where it could be a subscription where you, you like go, right, 12 months, someone mm. could, you know, for Christmas, buy your parents 12 months of Tommy's boxes or something? It's definitely something that we, we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, it's more the back end of that, like administering it really. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. But like, no, it's we talked about a lot and it's something that especially in the early days when we were selling out so fast a lot of our regular customers we actually send like a code to our regular customers a day before so they can buy it without having to like mm-hmm. you know compete um, but they were saying well just let us pay for that in the next six months and we'll just have it every week yeah. which is yeah, know, super cool to be in with that, yeah. Yeah. yeah lastly on the boxes su- subject did was it hard to it's hard to describe but was it hard to detach your mindset from the Michelin star level cooking you're doing in a restaurant to a table to then knowing that there is going to be a bit of compromise when you stuff it in a box and send it out. Mm. Was it hard to think of them as separate things? Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I think pre-COVID, I probably would have had a bit more ego about it, maybe. Right. Um, if that that's right. But I think mm-hmm. that by setting up another company, it is yeah. another company. Yeah, it's, it's a different, different. venture. Yeah. Like um, yeah, it's not called Black Swan at Home. Or, yeah. No, yeah. if it was Black Swan at Home, then it's got to be like yeah, Black Swan Dishes. Black yeah. but, it, but, it, but I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. And like, I've never claimed to be doing that. And that can be a slight frustration when like we do get that like sort of feedback. Like, it was really nice, but it just wasn't Michelin star. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh I can just imagine yeah, the from tweets now. The Michelin like, inspector. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, man. Yeah, but it's not trying to be that yeah no, that's awesome um, yeah so another thing I wanted to talk about with you guys was now that you've been doing it for a couple of weeks and you're back up and running in the restaurants what does the sort of like what's your sense now do you feel like oh great right I'm going to start designing new menus or is it a bit more about surviving like what is the feeling is it exciting or is it just a bit um, like a bit both really I mean I come back with just not feeling inspired as such because I've not been around really? food so much yeah. so I didn't want to come back and then I knew the team would be a little bit um, delicate maybe and I didn't want to push them too much and I hadn't had the opportunity to really work on different dishes so I've, I've put a menu together that I knew they knew with some new dishes and new combinations that ease them in you know what yeah, yeah. That, I, that I knew but things that they knew that I knew they could nail and do that had been successful for us not a lot of old stuff stuff we were doing like this time last year not maybe. chicken kia, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. like sauces they know or this crab bisque that we've always done and stuff so I know we can hit the floor running because that's really important people expect that standard straight away mm-hmm. come back come back with a brand new tasting menu yeah, yeah. we had to have obviously the carrot and we had to 
have you know things that we were coming because they can just do that intuitively um, and then we can start building off that so we've got this base that we know works and then we can start building again not rushing not trying to force it not trying to do any trying to recreate the wheel you know on day one after six months of being out of the kitchen mm-hmm. yeah so that's, that's the difference for us because I suppose in my head I was like back when lockdown first happened you think oh the day when the restaurants and pubs open it'll be like you know bunting in the streets and everything <laughs> but it's actually such a long gradual process that by the time it comes around it's like okay right and it's a bit serious mm. and a bit like okay we better did it feel exciting opening up again well not really oh or... it did I, th- I think though on that like we closed in March and one of my restaurants opened in July the one in August it's a totally different season yep. to an extent you can't just reopen with the same menu as mm. before because yeah, sure. like, we had rhubarb on oh, of course, like, yeah we missed two seasons yeah, yeah. Did, you've missed all this produce yeah, yeah. so um, now well, we, we pivoted a bit with Roots Roots is you know totally changed so that was almost like a new restaurant opening wow. which was tough um, and the Black Swan you know similar but I think one thing is by having so much time closed you almost are starting afresh and for me I think we've just it gives you a sense to look at everything a big overview of everything Mm. and say right do you know we're not getting that right we're not getting that right and why are we still doing that that's ridiculous (laughs) so yeah I think we've we've improved things in a lot of ways that would just never have happened if we hadn't had that wholesale close down yeah yeah we spoke about that over dinner and like we've gone to just eight course only at dinner because we're doing a lot less covers we we can't afford people to to have five course or less with us it's just not not a viable business model so mm-hmm. yeah, it's like well let's it's the place i wanted to get to anyway but it's very difficult so it's like well so let's start by hand it's eight yeah. class eight course only that's mm-hmm. it we've been upfront and honest with every customer when they've booked it's on all the booking confirmation so so they know and we've not had any kickback from it which is which is great yeah. but it's just like, well let's just do it now it always feels like a fresh start yeah it's so let's just go for it to do it almost yeah, yeah. too right when um uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about like sort of the family involvement around your setup um, in North Yorkshire because it's so fascinating. We talked to like uh, Akhtar a bit about working mm. with his dad when he was younger, and several other chefs that like either their like husband or wife is out front and stuff. But yours is so unique because it's like every family member has mm. is a part of this world. So I can imagine you don't know anything different. But can you just talk us through like what mum's role is, what dad role is and what yeah, how it trying to figure out what roles we all have actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Dog's body. Da- da- everyone is. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean there's what, nothing what sort of standard about anything we do really because right. and we don't we're not from the hospitality industry originally you know like we're farmers so my dad is like yeah he's, he's chilled out like he grow, he grows all the produce he fixes everything yeah. like he's there he's just great it's handy my mum she's this year because we haven't had any of the staff in the on the farm they've literally run the farm so my mum is up at 5am every morning she's oh, a perfectionist wow. when you see like rows of radishes and lettuces so she's literally took on growing all the produce this and oh, and it wow. is phenomenal do you like, feel bad sleeping in when she's out there no because I'm working till late at night <laughs> <laughs> um, no but she's uh, she's awesome and like the, we've never had such high quality produce because she's just like so so much perfectionist yeah like unfortunately I didn't get that offer Um, (laughs) and then my brother well James does um, he's front of house originally it was like me and James like well originally like we washed pots and carried plates we had a dodgy chef from the RAF and like it was like something out of kitchen nightmares (laughs) and then it just kind of grew over the years Um, but yeah no James obviously front of house and does um He's a, he's a sommelier and um, you know we do great like cocktails and everything so he sort of runs outside as well as sort of the business side of things I've got a business partner so Matt Lockwood is a 
like massive been friends we've been friends like a decade and we right. opened Roots with Matt so it's uh-huh. the family and Matt and Matt's part of Maynell said as well so we have right. like we do have like a mediator in the room at the board meetings when we're all <laughs> <laughs> so it's not family wars yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was going to say does that get intense because you're like working together I imagine a lot of social time is spent together as well in and yeah. around the area so is oh, it, we don't socialise we just work yeah, yeah. yeah exactly there's no social <laughs> no it is, it is I think well, I think all family dynamics and, and work dynamics are interesting aren't they in one way or another Mm. And yeah, and you're no, both at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely have our moments. I'm sure some of the staff have like good stories about us and stuff like, <laughs> and, like the little in jokes that we don't know about and stuff. But, like um, I could just for some reason I could just imagine like a day say where like I don't know something's gone wrong in the kitchen and you're just like fuck's sake guys like this. Yeah. But then your mum comes in and you'll be you're authoritative to all these guys. Yeah. But you're like shut up, mum. Yeah. Like get out. Like, no, my brother does that. It does it. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's so embarrassing. No, I try and be a bit more diplomatic. She's my mum after all yeah of course um, yeah. yeah but no it can be and like the thing is that I, I like to try and be like really big picture thinking like I don't let like one little thing annoy me whereas I'm like mum like she is raggy about like really? about the smallest little thing so it's like whoa simmer down like what sort of is that <laughs> so we have, we have some good time but the, the flip is though like no one supports you like your family yeah yeah like you know and that is massive mm. um, I don't think like I did a lot of things when I was very young and there's no way I could have done that without like, the support of mum and dad and my brother and stuff so much as like you have your moments like yeah, yeah. you've got to be appreciative of what you got as well that's amazing The um, we, I wanted to ask you because we spoke to Simon Holston about his farm setup, mm. and he eventually just said look it's, <laughs> it's as much for PR as it is for the actual restaurant for me he okay. was like you know it's really difficult they don't always get the best produce it's yeah, really he hard he said he didn't really make any yeah. more he money said, from he, it he personally it, for him. he said he might through just it being a part of the story mm. he can talk to people about the farm mm. and his back garden but I've always had the impression that that's not necessarily the case for you guys mm. it's genuinely like the life and soul of it it's, it's, it's the DNA of the whole business it yeah, is. yeah. Um, you know I get that and there's loads of restaurants that have kitchen gardens but we're talking about acres and acres like, yeah it's different we, we have yeah. a little bit at the back which is like two and a half acres which we call the garden <laughs> but that's like ten times as big as most people's garden yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and then we grow down on the farm like we, we farm and it's not pretty it's not like Le Manoir and it's not like well it's getting more pretty actually to be fair over the years yeah. but we, we grow on a large large scale like mm-hmm. um, and it, yeah it's very hard work it's brutally hard work in yeah, fact yeah. but what you get is something unique and like some of the produce that we get is like class you can't get it you can't buy it yeah. and that's what we're trying to achieve but it's a way of life and it's a lifestyle that's why we've been brought up mm-hmm. and um, it's ingrained us, but yeah. yeah I couldn't cook in a different way and I, I guess it massively is it cost effective is a good question yeah and it must be hard to keep track of. In a it's way. impossible to keep track. Yeah, of. yeah, you couldn't, um, couldn't really compare. But I'm not. I'm not saying you save loads. You don't save loads of money by growing your own produce. But what you get is better produce. And like Simon's Control right, over your produce. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Simon's right about the PR thing. Mm, people um, love it. They want to talk to you about it in the restaurant. It's our whole way. brand. So it's yeah. more than just like a little bit of PR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it's authentic. It's the important part. I suppose mm-hmm. it's not just like oh, let's dress up some fields and pretend we grow it ourselves like yeah, it's oh, no, they're not dressed up there's yeah. loads of weeds <laughs> I've seen only photos of yours yeah. and it is like a proper farm and like yeah. when I worked at Le Manoir it's stunning but you'll have a row of like maybe 
40 incredible beetroots but you're doing 200 covers a day there yeah, yeah. it's never it's, you know it's like one two percent of the produce yeah it's a it lovely story it looks yeah. stunning and yes they use the produce but it's never going to be a cost-effective so thing it's our growing for plan them. is insane yeah. yeah like the numbers of things you need people don't realize it's like, oh just every night you just put an order in for 20 kilos of something to come in mm. being like, oh, so 140 kilos a week and you've got two restaurants so actually 280 kilos a week and you look at mm. actually well for the season you need to grow 25 ton of that like that's how much yeah. restaurants use but Jesus, people yeah. don't realize mm. it's, it's massive the thing I love showing like chefs when they come to visit and stuff like that I've got a little kitchen down the farm and a lad called uh, Dickie who is phenomenal and basically preserving I've got like three shipping containers all with like fridge units in and stuff oh, for awesome. fermenting for keeping things and we have like shipping containers with tons literally tons of preserved produce for the winter wow. and that's the big sort of thing yeah. um, trying not to buy stuff when there isn't anything yeah that's like, super rewarding I yeah, imagine because like, like, it must be I imagine you, you, you sort of begrudging sometimes when it's like I'm gonna have to order it in. Like, damn it! Oh, like, that must piss you off. Like. My mum, right? Somehow <laughs> she's managed to get the Wellux orders going to her phone, right? So if, if, if a chef orders a carrot for like staff dinner, she is she's on it. Living. She is yeah. literally. It's like midnight. I just got into bed. Ping! I've just seen a roots so they've ordered one bunch of time, and like I'm not happy about it. We've got lots of time, you know. Absolutely on it. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, uh, I need to get that disabled. <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah. ever been up there? Have you been up there? No, I've not been. No, You've I've been, been to Roots. Roots. Yeah. Roots was fantastic. I went there last end of last summer, last August. Mm. I thought it was great. Yeah, really good, cool, relaxed restaurant, nice yeah. feel to it, and great food. Yeah, uh, but I've not been to Black Swan. Yeah, you need to come. I'd love to, to come. Yeah, yeah, I need to come. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll make it happen. Yeah, I did promise you two years ago when you come here that. I would but no I will yeah but all these chefs who make these promises don't I know yeah, yeah. in reality would I ever come to Stratford on Haven if it wasn't for Great British Food <laughs> yeah. what you mean you wouldn't just come here I mean oh, sorry yeah but, um, <laughs> podcast that's the whole reason you're here are you joking unbelievable uh, okay cool let's move on to some listener questions because we've got some really good ones this week uh, first one's from Brian who messages us saying what are your childhood favourite dishes what are the ones that stand out from your childhood based on watching Ratatouille which we did during the film yeah, sessions yeah yeah so yeah what are your what childhood dishes what are the ones that sort of spring to mind first for me like yeah. steak and ale pie mum used to make a knockout steak and ale pie oh nice They're only simple like just some cheap beef whatever should get in always with Guinness because we live in pubs it's like there was always loads of Guinness in because on tap it was, she used to do these sauté potatoes um <laughs> Just bought in puff pastry, but God. yeah, she'd cook it like just butter mushrooms, just cook it. It was all like sticky. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like, delicious it yeah. was. Yeah, that. that was my favourite dinner. So all the, the time, the, on the inside of the bottom of the pastry goes all soggy. Yeah, oh, man. puff pastry at the top. Yeah. I am um, winner. Haley, you'll vouch for this, but like I'm a super easygoing classic guy. But if I go to a pub and order a pie. And it's a casserole dish with a lid. Oh, it's not a pie. I, li- yeah. I feel like, I'm like, just, like <laughs> what the fuck is that? That yeah. is not a pie. What no. are you doing to me there? Yeah, it's casserole pastry chopped on top. Yeah, load of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can about? see your body language. Yeah. 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 Like, it's not worth it. How yeah. do you call that a pie? What are you doing? I'm going to leave it. Uh, what about you, Easy mise en place, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would... So I was quite a fussy eater growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. Um, what were the common things you weren't eating that... 
Well, like everything really. Really? Um, just like have the healthy stuff. Just no. I mean, I wasn't that bad, but I definitely didn't eat like fish when I was a kid. But I t- it wasn't okay. Well, a childhood dish, but one thing that sticks out of my childhood, which was horrendous was you know when cheese strings came out and like everybody had cheese strings in the lunchbox yeah yeah so my mum and dad were like you're not having that processed shit and I was like well but everyone's got this peely cheese like break time everyone's like peeling the cheese can I have it and they're like nah so you used to send me to school with a stick of medium mature cheddar <laughs> right you imagine that yeah. I mean in hindsight I do exactly the same yeah, thing right? my kids not go to school with cheese strings yeah. but oh god being in the cheddar gland, just chewing on your piece of cheddar has <laughs> anyone so got good. a water biscuit and some chutney <laughs> <laughs> oh mate that's so yeah. good ok next one's from Michelle uh, she says who would be your dream dinner guests Dead or alive? <laughs> yeah, dead or alive. I mean, preferably alive. Yeah, I'd hope they'd be alive. I think we conversation really would be a bit. I'd go like really controversial with this. Not like you know, everyone normally goes for the heroes. Yeah, because I'd want to ask questions. Right. So someone like Hitler, <laughs> just for a fight. No, just because I'd want to say, what were you thinking? <laughs> 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 You sat for three hours quizzing Hitler on it. Yeah, I mean, I'd have some comedians, I'd have Tommy Cooper to lighten the mood. I can't wait to hear who you're going to make sit next to Hitler. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, just 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 to be like, what? What the fuck? What are you doing? Like, what? What was it all about? Basically. Wow. What a dinner guest. I love that. Yeah, it's just because. I don't know. I don't. There's not that many people in history that I really. Why don't you get Winston, get Winston Churchill at the same time? Get him to arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah, see how they both like their steaks done. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that is amazing. Fair play. What else would you ask him other than the obvious? What I don't know. I get drunk and ask him all sorts. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It might just be misunderstood. Hitler. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that was the answer Michelle was hoping for. So, Paul Foster and Hitler. Uh, Tommy, who's you? Uh, Any other dictators? Um, well, um, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about value. Like, I'd have Pavarotti because I mean, like, he. Whoa, if he did if, not see that coming. Well, if you get yeah. him drunk, fucking hell! Yeah. Can you imagine the lungs on him in your yeah, house? Yeah, he'd be, be like, oh. Knock us a little, <laughs> little cheeky Ness and Dormer out, Pav. And he'd be, like, imagine that in your kitchen at home. He'd be like, <laughs> um, yeah, you'd want a comedian, a, someone funny. Yeah, um, a good one, yeah. But, like, definitely a musician. But, uh, yeah, Pav, Pav would be if, next if, level. If you gave me a thousand guesses for you two, <laughs> I'd have never guessed Pav, Rocky, and Hitler. <laughs> we should team that up. I yeah. Pav, like, and Hitler, and Tommy Cooper, and yeah. Spike, Spike Milligan, yeah. Unbelievable. Definitely. And then maybe, like, like, just, like Conor McGregor yeah. <laughs> just like rinsing out Hitler yeah if Hitler gets a bit gobby you can sort yeah. him out yeah. Yeah. wow brilliant uh, there you go Michelle thanks for that question uh, ok last one uh, Alex Brown asked if Covid and money weren't an issue just small little things put them aside yeah. which restaurant around the world would you want to go to next uh, Asador Echebarri in uh, in Spain that I've wanted to go there for years I just haven't gone it like just looks for those who don't know so what is the um, so it's it's like San Sebastian Basque region I don't know exactly where uh-huh. um, but like everything is cooked on barbecue like design like this pulley system where he cooks every cooks the dessert on there like oh, wow. everything over coals mm-hmm. this is old, old Spanish boy um, so a guy I know used to be the head chef there he used to work with at La Manoir he's now got a restaurant called Fayador He's on Chef Table now, Lennox Hasty. Yeah, he was he on was the, head um, chef there, the steak episode of Ugly Delicious, wasn't That's he? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, he's on the, the barbecue one now. 
episode two and yeah he was head chef there I think he was so inspired by the barbecue yeah. that he opened up in Australia with Fire Door oh, man. Um, amazing yeah, yeah. like just a beautiful restaurant like oh yeah I need, I need to try and all sorts them out and go there yeah we should go we should do yeah, that sounds great yeah. I, I don't know where I want to go anymore I just don't I want to go with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what he said yeah yeah, yeah. yeah what he said <laughs> um, uh, one place for me oh Franson I know you've been Paul yeah, oh, yeah. Um, oh, fucking love you'd love it you'd love I don't it. know I just keep seeing the food was alright but the loos yeah the loos the toilets mate. toilets oh, yeah. Japanese toilets that three star everywhere. poo yeah. yeah three star poo yeah. nice. everywhere's clean yeah, yeah. yeah. why, why fancy just because well I just like keep seeing it on Instagram I had a couple of boys who've worked for me who starge there as well oh, okay. and a few guys I know have eaten there and everyone's just oh yeah it's amazing so actually on that cause I, just because I don't really sort of know obviously you came so did you do much of that did you go around and, and, and sort of have play because of obviously yeah. your setup and your the farm sort of developed your own thing and mm. got everything quite young I guess but did you go around much? Not really I did one stage at the Manoir for like three days or something which seems to always be like trained by Raymond Blanc is yeah. what people often say but I've never met him before <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no no not really no yeah, okay. yeah. but that I suppose you weren't yeah. craving it and wanted no, to no I don't really I'm not like I'm not really a stereotypical chef, I don't think, in a lot of ways. Like, I love the industry, and I love chatting food, and, like, like weed tonight, just eating everything, talking mm. about the produce and stuff, but, like, yeah, I'm not, like, a proper chef bummer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chef, chef bummer. So many of them. Chef Anorex. Okay, nice one. Keep your questions coming in. We love them. Uh, Nightcap, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DM us, whatever you want to do, just get them in, and we will endeavour to get them out to all of our chef guests. Right, let's do some TripAdvisor reviews. Oh, my God, I had to dig deep. Jesus, we have nothing for seven months. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh fuck. It's my best spell ever on TripAdvisor. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've been closed. It's Although, like the reviews of people who have not actually been, though. Yeah, happen. I yeah. know. Like, I've seen so many people going, can you stop reviewing us? We know you haven't been. Yeah. We've <laughs> been closed for five months. Yeah, crazy. Okay, but we've I've got been looking some... forward to this bit, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, because, like... Uh, I feel like my relationship with TripAdvisor is a bit different to Paul's. I think so. You've yeah. done all right, Let's to be start fair. With this You've done all right. Yeah. Obviously, you. So, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Black Swan, right, got not got given the award for. Am I saying the best restaurant in the world? In yeah. the world. Yeah. That's Which, incredible. Isn't fairly, it? fairly odd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was odd. was that 2017. I. It was it was mad. Uh, so it came out. Uh, we got we got told it was going to happen. I was like. Oh. TripAdvisor like, I don't think anyone care <laughs> and then I was thinking maybe it might be in the local news yeah. anyway so didn't hear anything about it I was, I was cooking breakfast in the morning like we got nine rooms uh-huh. came in for breakfast there was a Sky News van BBC News van oh my God, CNN, really? all with the big satellites on I was like Shit. oh shit's going down here <laughs> and then like they were trying to interview all the guests and that night and I was like oh god I'm trying to cook omelettes like and they're like, sticking it was just a free fight wow. it was mad and it was mad for I mean we were fully booked for 18 months after that really? we had film crews from all around the world I had no idea yeah it was wow. mad so like I don't even read TripAdvisor I didn't read it before I haven't read it since yeah. so it's like t- I'm totally oblivious to it all but that came out and obviously put us on a world map which was incredible yeah so like I don't hate it in the same way that <laughs> 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 really yeah, that's really yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fairly uh, I don't read it Do like I've no interest in it but like I've obviously benefited massively yeah, from it yeah. so you know fair like life. fair enough and I look at it like I get I do get the gripe in terms of like people putting an opinion across which maybe isn't especially if someone hasn't actually been to the restaurant or something like that yeah. or like it's factually incorrect or whatever or it's like 
it's a very subjective thing, isn't it? Um, but equally, like winning that award, and when this year I think we came, we we're top in the UK, third in the world or something, which I just don't understand really how it can possibly happen. Because like, <laughs> once, it, do you once know you what it is once, based? Is it just an average rate? Like they, what? they have some sort of algorithm that oh, basically right. means the black swan comes out top every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's class. Um, I designed it. it. Took me ages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, but, but basically, I think though we've had a lot of good five star reviews though in order to achieve that, and yeah, and if you yeah. mm. that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, well that's it. There's, there's so, so, so there's that's something the, in it. That's, that a, that's a positive. Right. I, exactly, I, exactly. That's the positive that I I, I kind of take from it. I did think when I was looking that one thing that might benefit you is your number one in Oldstead. Mm. Of one, yeah. So there's only it's one of one. So I mean yeah, that record's safe, isn't it? Regardless of how bad the reviews get. <laughs> I mean, there's only 27 people living all said, and 26 of them are my family. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you yeah, know, regular, yeah. that does help. Yeah, right? but the, the flip though is Roots. I think. Um, I'm telling you the other day it's like 400th or something in York <laughs> so like, there you go oh mate don't even we, oh, right so when we first started this podcast Salt was 17th in Stratford yeah, yeah out of what 140 140 including like you know Costa and whatever but um, it's fluctuated into the like you know yeah. 11th I think was the best it got I mean late 20s yeah after lockdown I had a look before we started tonight where do you think we are now I couldn't tell you. Genuinely couldn't tell you at all. About 20? We're back to square one. It's 17th again. Oh, is it? So nothing's changed. That's all right. In that time, you've got an incredible podcast and got a a Michelin... (laughs) Most importantly. (laughs) And got got a Michelin star, but you're still 17. But consistent. So it's consistent, yeah. But the the thing with the... um, that well, we would obviously never win the best in the world on TripAdvisor. <laughs> but if <laughs> that's what I mean. But if we did, say if we did win that, I couldn't celebrate it. How two faced would I oh, be? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 with the, no, with the local paper with your award. How funny would it be oh, though? If you won? I <laughs> would be amazed. I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so happy yeah. to be. Yeah. I would die. How two faced would I look? It's amazing. Yeah. I'd love it. But what, what do you think? Because when we won that TripAdvisor Best Rest of the World, a lot of people were real snooty about it. And like, really snooty to me. And I was like, well, it'd be funny. Like, it just got given to us. Like, <laughs> he didn't ask <laughs> like, for it. Like, yeah. But what did you, what, what value would you hold that by, that accolade? Mm, I mean, I'm not, I know we're not the best restaurant in the world, right? No, no, no. Guaranteed. But- but but I see it, it does come is, with see that you're much obviously doing a lot you wrong. For 18 months, you the, got the pressure was ridiculous. Some people was like, it? did you feel the pressure? Oh, well, fulfilling, fulfilling people's expectations. Like yeah. I didn't. That's why I was so shocked that we were so high up this year. So I thought we'll never be able to do anywhere near that again because our ratings and TripAdvisor went down quite a lot because people come in expecting it to be the yeah. best restaurant in the world. <laughs> I'll be the fucking judge of this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had people travel from America, like oh charter a private jet, come over, and they're like, Fuck. yeah. I mean, it's all right, <laughs> but I wouldn't say it's the best restaurant in the world. And you're there, like, oh, I'm just talking about, well, I yeah. Never said we were. I mean, I'm yeah. not being funny. Like, great, you've come, but I wouldn't charter a private jet to come here. Like, I like it, but it's like, it's a bit mad, you know? Like, Jesus, I hadn't even thought about it's that. It's just that all a bit sense. mad. But yeah, so what would you hold that by then? Because yeah. obviously, I, I, it's, it's obviously, relative, isn't it? And yeah. I obviously don't value it. Yeah, I can see it for what it is, and I can yeah. see you're obviously to, you're doing a lot of right. You'd rather win it than not I, win it. Yeah, oh yeah of course sure but I value a mission star much more than that yeah yeah that's well, the only way I can make it relative into yeah, how I do yeah, value yeah. it oh I'm not yeah. dining out on it on the rest of my I am actually but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah I probably fucking would <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is a really interesting because it's like 
deeply unpopular in our industry mm. and then suddenly so like and I never read it or anything and then suddenly you win the best restaurant well you're like okay guys I kind of won this best well, restaurant I bet, I bet you've you never shot your mouth off like me before right yeah, well, no I didn't but, and then every chef in the country is like yeah but it's shit though and you're like oh I still won it though yeah, yeah. no one can take that away from you yeah exactly exactly, exactly. But, and, and on, yeah outside of the industry if you were to type black swan into google and then the next word suggestions mm, that come mm. up it would say number trip advisor yeah it, it, it literally yeah. comes up straight away it's yeah. being shoved down our face our face mm. if we're googling these yeah. places so yeah. yeah that's why yeah that's why people i'm looking forward to this game it. i've okay. i've never read it so like, i will no well, idea never, no, Great. Nah, nah. so for those that haven't heard before this is how it works i'm going to give both of these guys a trip a trip advisor review they just have to decide whether it's a real one of their restaurant or fake it's that simple yeah. so um, let's go with let's go with Paul first so I'm going to read one you've just got to decide is it his or is it not salt or not okay yeah. here we go it's quite lucky you have to bed in for this one star review Ah, oh, title is birthday ruined so. oh, Paul <laughs> often worse <laughs> I came here for my 30th birthday we arrived and were met by a young man who didn't look too impressed to see us we made, uh, we, he made us feel very uncomfortable from the outset and felt like we weren't welcome. After ordering our drinks, my husband asked your staff member if there was an alternative to the menu we'd been given as my father-in-law wasn't sure about the options on there. The member of staff then went and checked in the kitchen and when he came out, he said that we only have the ones that we've printed off and given to you, which was fair enough. But from that moment, the attitude of the member of staff towards us changed. My husband asked the young man if we could order, which he said was fine, but didn't come back for another 15 minutes. And when he did come back, he started taking our orders. And that's when my husband noticed that uh, written on his piece of paper were descriptions of each person at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Clear as anything. And they were shocking. (laughs) So good. Okay. Okay, it's fair enough for people's descriptions to be written down so that they can be recognised when the food's brought out to them. But what he wrote was awful. (laughs) Terrible. In fact, the worst thing I've ever seen in a restaurant. (laughs) He described my husband as a cunt. Once he had been confronted, he scribbled out what he had written, but we took a copy, and you can still clearly see what it says. I can only think the reason he described my husband as what he did was because he questioned the menu on his father's behalf. We came out for my 30th, and I can safely say it was ruined, and there there was no compensation available for this nothing. Was that a real review? Oh, I mean, that's brilliant. It's, yeah, I, it's a real review. I've seen it... some descriptions over the years that have been <laughs> hilarious. And, like, when you carry the food out to the table, you're like, you read the check, you're like, oh, who's reading that? <laughs> <laughs> you go over the table and you're Dick. like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Does that happen a lot then? I didn't know. Yeah, because you might be like, if it's five blokes like bold guy guy with tie on there so you know you don't have to ask ah, them where the food's going nice you yeah. just know he's yeah. having venison so, so you got a really tracks, simple slick, trick yeah. slick service yeah, like yeah. you're not walking out who's having the pie yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's not really cool in a mission <laughs> style restaurant it's not silly but I just thought oh these guys are doing their job they remember where it all goes but of course you'd write stuff no, down no because a different yeah. member of staff might come to your table but you don't usually write cunt one <laughs> cunt two um, 
Uh, judging by the way, I mean, judging by the way Paul was laughing, I feel like maybe it is salt. That review, Paul, do you know? It's not salt, it's Tottenham Mill. It is Tottenham Mill. It was Tottenham Mill when Paul was there. Yeah. Sat the guy on the spot for it. Did yeah. you? I didn't have the power to do it, but I told him to fuck off and he was the cunt and he had to leave, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no way. Yeah, so, yeah, we had to... Um, the bar just developed into boiling pot. Yeah, <laughs> merged in. I should have put this on a boiling pot. Oh, yeah, man, it's incredible. So, we had, yeah, we had this waiter. We had a ta- it was a table of, like, eight, I think it was. And, like, anything above a six, we had a slightly more limited menu, and that's why they'd asked, like, for something else. And they were, they were nice enough. I think they were being a little bit awkward. And this guy, I forget his name, but he was a cunt. Um, he he came up the stairs and he's like, um, chef, that table aren't eating tonight. It's like, why not? And we're all like on plast for it and everything. And he's like, uh, he explained what had happened. I was like, what? You fucking, are you fucking serious? And like one of them had gone to the bar and he'd written like cunt by this guy oh. and what he was having. And he'd looked over his shoulder at, and on oh, the check card, he just had that. So they were just in a fit of rage. I was like, are you fucking serious? I was like, get your stuff and fuck off, you're done, you're sacked. I had no power to do that, I wasn't a GM or duty manager. I was like, don't give a fuck, you ain't coming back here, just piss off. And I went and spoke to the table as like duty manager and I was like, I know you're not going to accept my apology, but I'm just, I'm so sorry, I've seen it. That's not how we operate. I just, you know, come back, have a free meal. I said, he's gone. I said, we'll have to deal with him properly through the proper channels. But as far as I'm concerned, he's sacked. He's done. Oh and I'll speak to the GM. God. I don't want him here. Um, I was like, look, you can have a free meal, free drinks, extra courses, anything. But they wouldn't come back, understandably. Yeah. They were pissed off. But, and they were totally in the right. They were <laughs> yeah. totally in the right. And I, I fucking begged and pleaded. And <laughs> they nailed oh, us on TripAdvisor. And so yeah, we you, sacked the guy. Wow, you've had to man. delve a long way back to find this I've one. had a lot of time, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would you have brought that check into the kitchen? You would have. Yeah, and yeah. that that wasn't a normal practice. Like you said, you see things, and it's yeah. like you know maybe F- some mocking, funny things. But that because that that you're not just going to know. Oh yeah, you're the cunt on that. <laughs> eight. Oh, you, you, don't, you don't know. You I might. don't know if Hitler was dining with you. Probably, uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah one ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh mate, I can't yeah. That. No, it was it was super awkward. I had to go in. Like, yeah. You know, I had no no defence, yeah. no nothing. And yeah, they didn't want to come back. Understandably. Yeah. It was like it was it was a special occasion, and yeah, they were rightly yeah. pissed off. Oh mate. Well, you've eaten humble pie. I think you've defended it well. And yeah. Probably you don't work there anymore, so don't yeah. <laughs> Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's reverse it, shall we? The best missions, the best restaurant in the world, according to TripAdvisor. (laughs) (laughs) Right, is this review of one of Tommy's restaurants or somewhere else, Paul? Here we go. One star. Very poor is the title. What a shame that this Michelin-style restaurant can't get the basics right. How about greeting guests appropriately? Saying it's busy and you can sit outside if you want a drink is another way of saying we don't think you're the right clientele for this place. We were scooping possible venues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were scoping possible venues for some significant business deals with important individuals negotiating ve- negotiating very large contracts. In Olmsted. But we definitely w- <laughs> But we definitely won't be doing business here. They sound so self-important and entitled. Is that they? sentence about like, significant I just to let you know I'm big deal, in business. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Round old step. I mean, it must be a family member. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my brother? <laughs> um, I. Uh, no, it's not. No, no, 
Do you, oh, you wouldn't know because you don't read it, do you? No, it sounds unlikely that you'd have these business people in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Unless it's like their they're in York and they've got uh, confused and thought Ruth's had a star like people do. And yeah, they're, 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 they come out there, they're going to buy 10 sheep, but then they're only going to buy six. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you've not been told, to, it's so rural. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do we just don't have business people? No. So, uh, I mean, it's, not actually, it's not actually me, is it? It's yeah, I, I reckon it's a no. That's why I was as shocked as you are because it was a review <laughs> of the Black Swan <laughs> last, last year. Yeah. What? what is that? Well, there you go. Bringing our algorithm down that. Yeah. We need to get that removed. Yeah, you get it removed yeah. immediately. That was a competitor, clearly. Yeah. But the That's other restaurant weird. in Old State. Oh, hang on. Oops. Amazing. What business are they doing? I know. I just, you're so right, though. Like, half of that is just about them doing business yeah. deals. Yeah. Like, yeah. who's right in that? <laughs> okay, lovely stuff. Let's move on to Boiling Point, shall we? This is where our chefs tell of the real heat of the kitchen. When have you lost your shit on someone or they've lost their shit on you? Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first if you want. Yeah. Always set the tone, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this this is the same guy. I can't remember what I called him last time. We gave him a fake name. (laughs) It might have been James. James. The one on Johnny's Johnny's podcast. Oh, I listened to this. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same guy. I've got a bank of stories about him. And he only worked for me for five weeks. He's going at one a week, this lad. Yeah, okay. so he was uh, he was on the meat and fish, and I was on the pass. Is is when we were at Tunnel Mill, and we used to get this guy. He's actually in my phone. His name's Muntjac Mark. Still, he used to bring me a Muntjac. His name Mark. His name's Mark. He oh, Muntjac. Nice. Yeah, so that's why I know him. <laughs> Not just a clever name. Yeah. So he turned up with a couple in his boot, and I'd prep them all down. I'd, we'd only have a small amount, so I'd put it on as a special. So I did this dish. It was a Friday night. It was me. I was on the pass and pastry. Had a commie on larder, and then this guy I won't tell his name <laughs> on the sauce yeah. um, and I put this special on it was like muntjac like a ragu and some braised shoulder and a nice cooked saddle like onions and all different bits of vibes going on like, I think like different textures of onions or something and it had some little shallot rings so um, just like beautiful shallot rings pané deep fried last second nice and crispy and um, it, he called me over to help him on the pass so plating this dish up carved the muntjac and it was lovely I grabbed the onion rings out of the out of the fridge, like the fridge on the pass. Grabbed them out, and I'm trying to put them in the fryer. And like all the all the breadcrumb was falling off. And was, was, so what have you done to these? It's not sticking. Did you pan them properly? And like pan is a fucking a basic job. Yeah. So you haven't panned these properly, James. What? <laughs> well done. What have you done? He's like, no, honestly, I did it. Flour, egg, breadcrumb. So it's not right. I can see how pink the shallot is. It's not covered. And I was like. That's fucking coconut. <laughs> it panned him in desiccated what coconut the that was on the breakfast shelf. Oh, just grabbed it. Oh he was always that God. much in the shit. He'd just grab stuff and just cook oh. and just not know what he's doing. So he's gone flour, egg, desiccated coconut. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so dense. And he started laughing, which he instantly regretted. Like, because oh, like the munjacks carved, and like, they take like thirty seconds in a hot fryer. But I was like. The fuck have you done with it? Yeah. What? What the fuck is this? You're like, oh yeah, oh, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, mate. So I think I threw the lot at him, and I was oh, like, did, at did him, like over him. Well, no, it was just like a like a so over bit, him, over his, <laughs> yeah. over his board, and maybe a bit on his chest. And yeah. it's like, the fuck, how are you that idiotic oh, that you panning that? It's, well, it's a simple mistake to make. <laughs> so no, that's never happened in any fucking kitchen oh. anywhere. Oh, bless it. Desiccated coconut. Well. <laughs> no, it's yeah. awful, I call it, it? defecated coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So oh, I had to send man. it without it, and he just kept apologising. I was like, "No, you're you're done, mate. You're done. Just give me a notice." You know? That was the final straw for him. Was Desiccated Coconut? It was one of the final straws. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Tune in next week for the next edition of This Lad's Five Weeks <laughs> with Paul. So what's he done? He's, the beef that he didn't that he couldn't find. Yeah. Tom Hurricane. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. Tommy. Well, I'm got? not. What, what, what are you like in the kitchen? Do you think? Are you chill? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not like um, I lose my shit so rarely. Mm. I mean, I think it, it goes off when it does happen, and right, it has okay. a big impact. I think. Okay. But like, I'm okay. not. Um, I like. I prefer <laughs> that, like, a bit scary, if something's not right. I prefer like just to stare someone straight in the eye and just tell them like it's just not right. And right. I think that has massive impact. I don't really lose my shit, but I, w- I was remembering this time um, like when I was first head chef like I was up the wall like Paul know what it's like you you're probably like running the past you're also cooking sauce you probably have to do half the jobs on pastry you've got I haven't really got a team I used to have to work seven days a week yeah and like I was just stressed I didn't have any there was no infrastructure I was doing everything like yeah. it was hard and I just remember we were open for lunch and dinner I probably done breakfast that day as well and this uh, table of blokes came in for lunch and there's just one guy and um, he just moved to the area. I can't remember. I don't know who he is now, but he'd got a job as um, the head uh, cookery tutor at a cooking school. Right. And he was so self-important. He probably wrote that trip advisor. <laughs> oh, He's the type of guy who was doing big business, business deals in the area. Yeah, yeah. and, and like, and he just he got me to come out at the start of the meal and like. I mean that's like fine to get the chef to come out but like at this point like I'm cooking everything like I can't actually physically come out and he was just so arrogant like he'd work for Marco but like you know everybody has who's over the age of about 50 <laughs> and, like, and like he was coming out of all this chat I can do this I can do that and like uh, and then like he was just rude to all the staff and like I, I felt sorry for the guys he was with like he was just such a big ego mm, yeah and then like at the end of the meal he sort of called me out and he was like um He's like, I can prep a quail in 15 seconds. Debone the whole thing. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> don't care, mate. I've literally got to go make some oh, bread for tonight. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. He was just, like, so arrogant. Um, and then and then the left, I was like, well, at least I've left. And he comes back. Oh, and so the front of the house come in, and they go, oh, um, this this guy's back. He's brought his business card. He just wants to, says he just wants to give you a few pointers, a little bit of advice, oh. and his business card in case you ever need anything. I was like, I am not going to speak to this man. <laughs> like, I have spoken to him three times. He's a dickhead. Yeah. I'm busy. I've got to get staff tea ready. Yeah. Like, I've got shit to do. I don't have time to talk to him. It's like, well, he's come back in. His mates are in the car, in the Range oh, Rover, whatever. You've got to go and speak to him. I was like, it's painful. I can't speak to him. Like, what do you want me to do? Go and tell him you won't come and speak to you. I've already spoken to him three times. I was like, right, that's it. So I put my hand down my pants and they're, they're, <laughs> why am I telling this story? What? I did not expect that. Yeah. And, and the, the waiter's like, what are you doing? I was like, if I have to go talk to this prick one more time, I'm going to do it with my cock and balls hanging out. <laughs> so I just oh, removed my genitalia from my trousers with my apron on top and just went out and talked to him really pleasantly for 15 minutes. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't see anything, but every, all the restaurant staff knew, all the kitchen staff knew, and they thought it was class. And I, he was there, like, he's like, I can shuck 30 oysters in a minute, and, like, I'm like this. If you want to come around, I'll teach you how to do this. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've got my balls hanging out, man. Like, 
I literally don't care. Oh man. Um, well, if that got yeah. you through that experience. Yeah, I think like, it's some have you small. Done it since? No, it's some small win. So isn't it like he doesn't know that I was winning, but I was winning? Yeah, right. Actually, I didn't yeah. lose my shit. I was very. Mm, it's like, I your cock was right. literally hiding in plain sight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, you knew it was out, but yeah. you didn't know, and it, it was, was right there. Camo, like Aiken was on top, but it was out. And like Fair play. you know, wow. it's the small victories, isn't it? I didn't lose my shit. He didn't know. Like I said, I don't lose my shit, but I win. Yeah, yeah, I won. That's that brilliant. That's that brilliant. Is, I never expected that. Your Fair face play. when he said, "I put like, my hand down my pants." What? You what? You didn't ease into it. You yeah. just dropped that. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I don't think cool like that anymore. I'm way more like normal. Nowadays. Yeah, you need to get your cock out more, I reckon. <laughs> 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 he has under the table. Why, yeah, yeah. I've been hating this whole experience. Um, That's so good. Yeah, mate. I wonder what that guy does now. I mean, uh, he's, he, he tells everyone how good he is. Yeah. It sounds like he is the guy that wrote that trip yeah, review. Yeah. It sounds spot on. Fair play to you for telling that story, though, mate. I love it. <laughs> okay, right. Before we head off, we've got uh, last bit of business which is cooking hacks and myths just to help our esteemed chefs at home any little things that will help people out in the kitchen or myths you can dispel to stop people from doing yeah I, I thought of a home hack that uh, during lockdown I Go wrote on. it down actually it's um, like you, I was shown it years ago by this chef who was like he was fucking like terrible I was temping before I was uh, after I left Sats to go and work and when I was waiting for a head chef job and went and worked in Dorset in this place and this guy was useless but he showed me this brilliant thing because mm-hmm. they were making the minestrone okay. and then um, so it's for the pasta for the minestrone and I thought well that's great for making kids food like if I make like spaghetti bolognese for, for Ethan like he's three you cook it and you like, cut it all off yeah, and it all moves around yeah. get your spaghetti roll it in a tea towel yeah and then put it on the end when, of the before bench before it's cooked yeah raw so yeah, in a tea yeah. towel and then just pull it off a bench and it'll break into tiny little pieces just like that bang one drop it in boiling water and it's all perfectly so for minestrone or kids pasta just like brilliant that. yeah that is good yeah. I like that I, I can that, is it fiddly because I imagine no no you just you as just, long just do that as... and it's all wrapped in a tea towel you just pour it in the bowl of water perfect that's yeah. really good that is top draw that's that. good crack that. that is yeah. perfect for staff tea as well you've got to get done exactly quick. yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that have you got anything for us I don't know if I've got any like cooking hacks but one thing that hacks me off go on but like but yeah I do as well but something that a lot of people don't understand is like the amount of times over the years where I've gone to taste something that someone's making like a puree or something you're uh-huh. tasting you're like there's no salt in there and like oh yeah chef it's not finished yet you're like yeah I know it's not finished <laughs> <laughs> my question wasn't is this finished yeah, my question yeah. was there's no salt in this yeah. and like I think for me like I can mass like so when you when you cook you've got to season all the way through because I mean like I mean like imagine you're cooking onions down like the salt actually helps to break the onions down but yeah. the chemical nature and the flavour of the salt changes throughout the cooking so but like so many people make food and then put some salt in at the end yeah and then it, it, over the it tastes salty or it tastes of under seasoned food with some salt there's no like yeah. depth but and that's like uh, that's like when they're always home cooking like that's what you get isn't it like yeah. people cook and they put some salt and pepper in at the end you're like yeah it's <laughs> sometimes it's worse than not seasoning at all isn't yeah it, it yeah. is because yeah, it just really t- if you season only at the end it just tastes literally of salt yeah yeah raw um, not like but so many chefs do it and like over the years you get this and they get a smart like question about yeah it's not finished yet 
it's like yeah but it's getting started again (laughs) (laughs) but I I think like a lot of people don't actually understand like actually how salt works yeah. and like that's because like, you do all these things like you talk about sauce and you're like oh yeah so I'm, I'm sweating these off and then I'm adding that I'm sweating that off and then I'm reducing that down over it so you're doing all these layers of flavour yeah, which so is true. about building it yeah. but every single one you've got a season yeah. and like I see so many chefs come into my kitchen to start off with and they do this they do all the recipe but they don't season you're like but that seems so bad because bother. they're trained like I can understand why home cooks might do that because yeah. they just don't know any better but like for chefs to still be doing that and they and I don't, I don't think people really talk about it that much and though. a lot of chefs yeah, aren't yeah. trained that well let's face it are they really majority probably mm-hmm. aren't they don't understand depth of flavour layers of season the importance of it mm-hmm. yeah so season like at the beginning some, and throughout that is the message yeah, yeah. Right. just constantly really yeah, yeah. yeah. See, taste season taste season taste season taste yeah. all the way yeah, yeah. if you love put it. it in the end it's not going to work yeah great advice absolutely love that nice mm. one boys um, thanks again to Gusborns for providing us with tonight's nightcap you can visit Gusborns website today gusborn.com order some of their rarest and hardest to find wines some are very limited as well so jump on there right now wherever you are however you're listening thanks so much for downloading it's so great to be back we've got three more episodes coming um, yeah we're not going to say who's coming next no, no never no, do that never do that well I was getting daggers across the room then <laughs> no <laughs> shut up uh, cool thanks so much for coming mate and no, uh, thank you for having me time out your busy schedule from 200 yards away to come yeah. over <laughs> <laughs> that was great I've had a great time awesome nice one mate uh, and yeah uh, cheers, cheers. For the cheers guys cheers